If you've got your Bible with you today, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's take a moment this morning and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do approach your word now humbly with confidence, believing that you're about to do a work in our hearts, in our lives. You're about to speak to us things that we need for today, for this time, that you'll perfect that which is lacking in us. Lord, give us utterance now in the Holy Ghost and boldness to speak your word. I pray that each person would have eyes to see, hearts open and receptive, ears to hear, whatever you would say to us now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we began, as uh, many of you know, last week we started a new series of messages called Growing Up, all right? And uh, hopefully you did some growing this week, (laughs) and we're going to continue along those lines, and we want to get to where God wants us to be, and uh, so, so let's begin reading here again. In Ephesians 4, of course, he gave us the five-fold ministry. Verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. In other words, we don't start out necessarily in the unity of the faith or in the knowledge of the Son of God, not like he's talking about. Saved people need to get to that place by receiving from the fivefold ministry gift. He said to a perfect man or a one of, of full age and maturity, he, he said to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children. Well, you don't say no longer be children unless you somehow start off as a child, all right? You may have been saved, given your life to the Lord as an adult physically, but in other respects, you were still a child, okay, in your understanding and development, okay? And what, what, what's that like being like, a child, being like a child? He said, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, a child is easily deceived. A child is unstable. In other words, they will go back and forth, back and forth, but a mature person has a steady course, and they know what's right. They clearly see what's truth and what's error. They clearly see right from wrong. He said, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. In all things into him who is the head, Christ. And so it is the will of God, just like Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. He said, I want you guys to grow up. You think it's the will of God for us today? It is for the body of Christ at large to grow up. There needs to be some growth taking place in every single one of our lives individually and, of course, in us corporately. Understand this about growth, though. Uh, There's always a time element involved. If a person is not willing to be involved long-term in God's plan, then they'll always come up short of what He intended for their life. And they'll judge their experience of a Christian life. They'll judge their experience of spirituality. And they'll not have an accurate picture of what it's supposed to be. Because although there are instantaneous happenings and spontaneous miracles, thank God for them. How many know the new birth? takes place in a moment and people are healed many times very quickly and thank God for those instant things this is one of those elements in our lives that does not happen instantly it cannot happen instantly 
Just like, you know, when a, uh, a woman gets pregnant, I, I bet she's pretty glad that it doesn't grow instantly. <laughs> Whoop! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> that could be painful, right? It takes time to grow, and we must be willing to commit to the time process. There may be some things in your life that you need God to instantly help in. And thank God He is merciful and He will instantly help you in some areas. However, His ultimate plan in your life, in my life, does require time invested. It's not something that can just overnight you go from A to Z and it's all finished. Okay? Development takes a commitment. But how many know time is going to pass no matter what we do with it? (laughs) And so we might as well get on the path and get heading in the right direction. After all, aren't we in this for the long term? I don't know about you, but I've given my life to the Lord. I submitted my heart to Him, and I'm never taking it back. (laughs) I'm never going back on this. I am for all eternity going to be tight with him going to be one with the lord and walking with him and my time here on the earth if it takes me a while and i got to admit it has taken me a while to get from where i was to where i is today and where i'm going i would like to be there overnight i sure would but i'm not going to get there overnight i'm going to increase more and more and more and again you know, God is merciful. He's, there have been folks who've come, come our way, come across our path, and they had immediate need, and they saw immediate result. I mean miracles. I mean God answered prayer and did some things instantly. And you know what? Some of those people, they were not committed for the long run because they came once. And you know, here's the thing about it. God knew they weren't coming back. God knew that they were running to him for a quick fix and that they were going to get right back to their old life and just live a natural life like they were living, just live kind of God in the back of their mind instead of the forefront of their mind. And God knew they were going to do it, but how many know he met their need anyway? He's merciful and he's kind. However, that person will always come short of God's ultimate plan. They'll never really know what it's like to walk with him. These things take a lifetime commitment. Amen. Once you've made the decision, you're okay with it. You can make it. It's kind of like, has anybody ever fasted? (laughs) Have you ever not, if you've ever fasted, you kind of know what mindset you get into. But if you... If you're, if you're committing to fast for a day or a few days or something like that, you kind of prepare in your mind and you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And when it gets lunchtime, you're hungry. But you're kind of, you can do it. When it gets dinner, especially that first day, oftentimes the first couple of days, it's <laughs> painful, right? But you're putting your body under. But have you ever had a situation where you didn't, so you fasted, you made it all day, and you were, you were good to go. You were, I mean, you, you felt it, but you could handle it. But if you weren't fasting, and it was lunchtime, and you got lunch a little bit late, you were almost dead. You know what I'm talking about? Just famished, like, I am starving, i got to get some food. <laughs> when in reality, all it was was a 
mind difference. One time you committed to it and said, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm not eating all day, and so you could, you could handle it. But the other, you were planning on eating, so the absence of food <laughs> really struck you hard, right? When it comes to our growth, our walk with God, it would do us well to have a long-term mindset that said, I'm in this for the long term, and I know it's going to take me a while to get uh, to where God wants me to be. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going one step in front of the other. I'm going to keep moving forward. If I have a little hiccup here and there, a little speed bump here and there, and things get tough at times, doesn't matter. I'm in this for the long term. If I don't see everything that my heart desires, I don't see it instantly, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be here tomorrow. And I'm going to wake up to the next day. And the Lord's still going to be on my side. He's still going to be for me and not against me. The greater one's still going to live in me. His promises will still be true for my life. And so I'm just going to keep going. Amen. You might be in the middle of a hiccup today. You know what I'm talking about? In the middle of a trial or test or something that would try to throw you off course or, or get you to give up and do something else. Knock it off. Knock off that kind of thinking. You've given your life to the Lord. And so just keep going. All right, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving on. We're going to go farther, and uh, uh, a week down the road, we're going to be a little bit further than we're at today. And even more important than that, a year from now, we're going to be further along than we are today. And sometimes when you, when you go by years, in, in five years, that's when you really notice some big changes. That's when, when you're staying on course with the Lord, that's when other people will recognize, wow, you're, you're, you're changing. There's something different. You, you're further along than... Uh, you're, something's different about you. What is it? Well, you could say it's God and that's true. But it's more than that. It's your response to Him. And He has developed some things in your life that are now beginning to show up for other people to see. I want you to take a right turn to Philippians. Just two pages if you've got a Bible like mine. Spirit-filled Bible. (laughs) Holy Bible. You got one of those holy ones? Philippians chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He said, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. What? Paul said I haven't attained yet? Yes. He's someone, of course, we know as someone who is mature, mature, has grown, has developed, has vast understanding of God and of spiritual realities. And he says, I haven't already attained or I've already been perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. This is a big key to us getting uh, down the road and growing in the things of God. We must recognize that we're not already there. If you believe about yourself that everything's good, everything's, uh, I'm just satisfied with everything being exactly the way they are, you'll not have a hunger or desire for more. You'll not reach out for what, to, for what is ahead of you if you think, I've got it all. Okay? This is the attitude that Paul had. We must recognize that there is more. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Notice his attitude again. He was someone who was going somewhere. 
He was not someone who was just staying right where he was. And again, we're talking about a person who had already gone somewhere. Talking about someone who had progressed and advanced in his life. He said, I'm still pressing on. But notice what he had to do. He had to cut ties with the past. Many times people fail to move forward because they're still living their lives in the past. They have things, whether it's hurts and problems or failures or other attachments, they cannot move forward until they let go of those things in the past. Israel had a difficult time going into the Can- into Canaan, the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey because they still had Egypt on their minds. They were still bound up in their thinking. They were still slaves in their mind, and they so, so they couldn't move forward into God's best. I've known, I, I've known people in situations where they... God did a tremendous work in their lives at a particular church. And they got saved. They got filled with the Spirit and baptized in water and, and really ha- had a great start. But for whatever reason, they, they, they moved to another place. And they lived in another city. And uh, they had to get involved with another church. And for them, they never really could get in the groove. They never really could fully connect and let God do something in their lives and through their lives because they were always comparing everything to what they experienced in the past. And everything had to measure up to some, some ideal that they had in their mind. And how many know for God to do something in their life today, they had to let go of what was in the past. They can thank God for it. If it's good, remember it and build off of it. If it's bad, forget it, <laughs> right? But we have to let go. Said Paul, Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind And I'm reaching forward to those things which are before. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice he keeps pressing. Verse 15, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. Let us as many as are mature have this mind. How do the mature think? The mature think just like he's he's talking about. They recognize that there's more. They recognize there's something else out there that God has more for them, that he has more for them to do, that there's things that can still be developed in them and they can mature beyond the place where they're at. As many as are mature, let them have this mind. So the mature are still growing people, right? Amen. He said, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, if, if you and I have the wrong mindset concerning our lives, where we're at, where we've come from, and where we're going, we've got a promise right here where God said He would reveal it to us. That's one I, I take Him up on. I do because I want His perfect will, His best, and His perfect plan for my life. I want to reach forward to those things that are before me. And I recognize I only see a certain amount. There are only so many things that I can see and recognize. So I'm praying at times, Lord, if, if there is anything that I have the wrong idea about concerning my life and what you want to develop in me and my future, show it to me according to Philippians chapter 2. Take him up on that promise. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I would encourage you to start today. Say, Lord, if I'm thinking wrong about anything, about what you want to do in me and through me you have for my life, show it to me. You've got his word on it. He said, God will show it to you. 
and it'll help us get right back on the path. Many wonder, what does God want to do with my life? And what does he have for me? What, what does he want me to do? Pray this scripture. Lord, you said you'd show it to me. You said if I'm thinking anything wrong about my future and about obtaining the goal and reaching forth for the prize, if I'm going in the wrong direction, if the prize is over there and I'm going this way, <laughs> that's a problem. But Lord, show it to me. Th- say, then what? Then just thank him. Thank you, Lord. I know what to do. I know where to go. know when to go there. know how to go there. know the steps to take. know the connections I need. I know, I know everything I need to know because you show me in any way that I'm missing it, any way that I'm lacking the proper mindset and attitude and direction in my life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Again, we want to avoid pride getting in the way. Pride that says, oh, I've got it all together. I don't need anything else. I'm fine the way I am. Well, you might be okay with the way things are in your life, but that will keep you in that spot. And if there is more, even if you don't know that there's more, you'll miss out on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and we want to look at some more areas here dealing with spirituality and carnality, immaturity and maturity. And I want everyone to be comfortable, okay? Uh, we're not throwing any stones at any person in particular. And we may, uh, I may say some things that identify areas in your life. And it's not for the purpose of condemnation. It's not for the purpose of us, uh, you know, pointing you out or anything. Uh, like we said before, immaturity is not bad unless you stay there, okay? Uh, And we all are in various stages of growth. And certain things that we say that are revealed to us in the Word of God will identify sometimes where we're at, all right? And the goal here is not, again, for us to, uh, to somehow deny it and act like we're not where we are. We are where we are, period. Denying or acknowledging doesn't change where we are. Acknowledging helps us to move forward and get out of that place. But if we, again, want to deceive ourselves and think, oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> We're cutting off an opportunity to grow. An opportunity to uh, increase and develop in different areas of our lives. Everybody with me? Having fun yet? Thank you, Lord. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3. And I, brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Notice the language he used there. A carnal person and a babe in Christ or a baby, an immature person, that's the language. He said, I I wanted to speak to you as a spiritual person, but I couldn't because you're just too immature. There are some things I really would like to talk to you about. I would love to share some really deep stuff, some powerful truths, but I can't. I've got to give you a bottle. Okay? But the way he's writing this to them, it would seem just like the way he wrote to the, uh, which many believe he wrote Hebrews, uh, he wrote to Hebrews is that uh, their immaturity should not still be the case. In other words, as a whole, the Corinthian church should not have been such a big group of wah They should have been further along 
And that's why Paul writes this to him. I would like to speak to you as spiritual, but I can't yet. You're just not where you ought to be. You still are babes. Verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you are not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. So I wanted to talk to you, I couldn't, and now I'm back again and I still can't. In other words, you're still the same as you used to be. That's a bad sign. You are the same as you used to be. (laughs) They should have progressed further. But notice, again, here's a, a spiritual truth that we should understand. He wanted to teach them certain truths, speak as to spiritual, but he could not. Either, well, from this context, you could see either he just would not or he could not based upon their condition. In Hebrews chapter 5, remember he was speaking to them, he, he started talking to them about Melchizedek. And he said about him, I have much to say. I would like to explain more. But I can't because you have become dull of hearing. Here's what we need to understand. Not, not everything that God wants us to know in our lives is he able to tell us in our current condition. There are some truths and things he wants to share, but he has to hold them back until we get to a place of maturity where we can receive them. I don't know about you. There, I kind of have this desire to know, like, everything. <laughs> I know I'm not going to become omniscient, but I want to know a lot about all stuff. Okay? I, I, I like to have understanding. However, I realize that today I can't handle everything. Just like in my past, I wasn't able to handle some of the things I am walking in and living in and understanding today. But what God is able to share, what Paul was able to share with them, was dependent not just upon his knowledge and what he knew, but was dependent on what they were able to receive. And I don't know, I would guess probably most of you today, you want... When we come together like in this setting, you want some goods. You don't want to just hear a little fluff fluff. Just a little, we had church and our conscience felt a little bit soothed and we did our duty and we went. No, we want to get some goods. We want to hear from God. We want to have some understanding and walk in some spiritual realities that the average Joe isn't walking in. Right? That's That's a good thing. Understand, though, now, that what is said is conditioned upon the heart of the hearer. Just because someone wants to know it doesn't mean they can know it. I I know this in, in my experience, and most people who have taught the Word or preached very often can tell you the exact same stories. But... You can prepare one message and have it fully ready to go, prayed up, understood, developed out. And there have been times in my life where I've been so excited in study and stirred up while studying, thinking, 
we are going to have a house of fire. <laughs> I mean, God is going to knock everyone off their seats. This is going to be powerful. Just glory to God. And get in the situation with a group, and it goes... <laughs> and it's just hard to say. It's hard to explain. There's truths that I have, but I can't really communicate them. What is going on there? It wasn't that I wasn't ready. So what's the deal? It is the condition of the hearer. You know, we do uh, three weekend services right now, Saturday and Sunday. And it's amazing to me each and every week how different the three different services can be. And it's, and, and it's not always the same service. In fact, it's different practically every week, it seems like, where sometimes it might be the Saturday service where it is just cranking, Woo, just flowing, and just it just get pulled out of me, and I'm like, yeah, and then I get in there on Sunday, and you guys make me work. <laughs> and there have been times where it's been the other way, where it's like, man, I'm struggling here. <laughs> But like I said, there are times when I have a message and I'm excited in preparing. It's ready to go. It's on fire in me. And it just, mm, and I'm working hard to get it out. And there are other times when I just have a few thoughts. I got a couple scriptures and it's not really, I'm thinking like, where I don't even feel prepared just because of my notes and stuff. I I feel like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this yet, for this message yet. And I'll step up there and wham, it just comes out like a mighty rushing wind. (laughs) I tell you what, because there's a hunger and there's a desire and people start pulling on the gift, pulling on the spirit of God, and it just comes out with such great force. These are, these are realities that people, you can't see it, and it's hard to even explain. But Paul said, again in Hebrews chapter 5, I would like to talk to you about this, but I can't because you've become dull. Dull of hearing. You're not perceptive enough, and I can't get into the stuff that I really want to get into. It behooves us to grow. When we develop and get further along in this Uh, in our spiritual lives God is able to do more and he's able to say more he's able to uh, to reveal to us things that will take us to a higher place take us to the next level and I would encourage you man come to church ready to get something every single time get something what happens if we do well we all come up we all come up together when we do God's able to reveal more and talk to us about things that he wasn't able to talk to us about before Amen. Verse 3, he said, for you are still carnal. You are still carnal. In other words, what are we talking about? They are still carnal. Carnal, uh, you know, reminds me of chili. Of course, you know, there's chili con carne. And that's chili with meat, right? Flesh. A carnal person is a flesh person. They're a fleshy person. What do you mean? They are dominated by what they see and hear and taste and touch and smell. They are dominated by the five physical senses. They live their lives, make their decisions. They're up one day, down the next day. They're in and out. All based on 
their senses. Okay? Whereas a spiritual person is more led by the Word of God. In other words, God said it. I don't see it yet. I don't feel it yet. But I'm going to go by it. I'm going with the Word. I'm going to live my life based upon it, make my decisions based upon it. I don't care if I don't feel it. He said it. It, that, it settles it with me. God said, said it. Done deal. Okay? It's accomplished in my life. That's a spiritual person. Do we see the difference? Real clear. A carnal person versus a spiritual person. He said, you guys are still carnal. And then he gave us three examples. Do you notice these? Three things. He said, where there, uh, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Three things. Let's talk about those. First of all, envy. Because these, these can be indications now of where we're at. Envy is defined in this way. The feeling of displeasure produced by or witnessing the hearing of or hearing of the advantage or prosperity of others. Envy desires to deprive another of what he has. Jealousy on the other side, desires to have the same sort of thing for itself. Jealousy says, I want one of those two. Envy says, I want yours and I don't want you to have it. Envy actually, it's not something we can necessarily look at you and see, you've got an envy problem, right? Because most of us are mature enough not to just blurt everything out. Well, again, some of us. Uh, but an envious person oftentimes, at least if they're in, a, in an, adult, an adult body, they will not say anything, but inside it kind of bugs them. Someone else has something really good take place in their life, and inside their emotion is, uh, they're not real happy about it. We need to know that that's the flesh. That's chili con carne. That is not spiritual, that's not maturity right how do we, how are we supposed to react we rejoice when someone else is doing good someone else is blessed someone else gets something has great things happening in their life even if your life is falling apart at the moment maturity says oh praise god thank you lord for what you're doing in them and and at the same time realizes god is no respecter of persons if he'll do it for them he'll do it for me and we get on the same pathway and we're just in the, we're in the same line right (laughs) and we're gonna end up with the same thing anyway right amen but think about it you've been praying you've had this desire or this need in your life and you've been praying you've been standing on the word you've been thanking god every day and not turning away and uh and and you've been doing this for for months and months and months and you haven't seen anything happen yet but you're still standing on the word and then some other turkey comes in (laughs) i mean brother (laughs) comes in and they can't stand up and give a testimony yeah the other day i I just had this thought had this i would sure like to have one of these and and i prayed and the very next day someone came up to me and they said have you been praying for this (laughs) and they gave it to me how do you feel now (laughs) so i "I would never have that feeling of envy and well (laughs) There are opportunities when we don't understand how things and why things are working the way they are for us to actually feel displeasure. But if you ever feel it, 
when someone else is doing good and someone else is blessed, watch what you're doing. Okay. Contrary would be true, I guess, as well, if you gain pleasure out of someone else falling. Uh, they needed to be knocked down a level, taken down a notch. Watch out now. Letting that chili rise up in you. <laughs> okay. The immature are very self-conscious, where the mature are very God-conscious. Number two, he said strife. Strife is being contentious. Are you, do you like to argue? you like to stir up trouble? like to stir up a fight? like to argue some stuff? What is that? Is that spiritual? No, 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 no. In fact, Proverbs, we're not going to take time to look at some of those, but there's a number of scriptures in Proverbs that give some strong words towards those who are contentious and, and, and filled with strife. But you remember James 3.16 says, For where there is envy and self-seeking, or strife, he said confusion and every evil thing are there. When we allow strife in our life, that's when the devil has a foothold into our lives. And I realize oftentimes in homes and marriages uh, that can be an issue. You know, I was, <laughs> I got a voicemail this morning. And I thought, why is he calling me now? I didn't actually hear the phone ring. And, uh, and I looked and it's from a friend. And so I listened to the voicemail. It's a couple, like two or three minutes long. And I'm listening, thinking, they're in the car. <laughs> he didn't know he called me. <laughs> and he and his fighter, he and his, he and his fight, he and his, he and his wife are having a little fuss. <laughs> I can't wait to call him. <laughs> Find out who won. <laughs> They're arguing about something. Not, it's not a major deal or anything. And <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. However, on a serious note. Uh, we do need to recognize that strife is an open door for the enemy to work in people's lives. And it should be our, our commitment of maturity that says, I am not going to argue with people. I am not going to fight with people. I am not gonna, I, I, I'm not going to let some issue in my home get to the place where I'm going to have to let it be contention in the house. Amen. doesn't mean that a, a mature person never... If, you know, if you had one little argument or a contentious moment that you're just instantly a baby again, okay? But I would say this, if it's a regular occurrence in your life where you're always at odds with other people, you're always in contention, whether it's in the home or at work or in church, or there's always that, that, is, that should be very revealing to you, okay? It's one of the issues that Paul brought out to show us... Um, where, where, we're, where we're really at, okay? At the same time, let's not fall for this. I only act that way when I'm around so-and-so because they are annoying. <laughs> and they are very irritating, and I just, just can't stand them. Listen, I'm well aware of the fact that there are annoying people in the world. We've had one or two of them come here before. <laughs> <laughs> but we fix them right up. No. Listen, I know that there are people of all different 
levels of growth, maturity, and, and, and in their love walk. And some people are annoying, <laughs> right? But we cannot just think, I'm altogether mature, everything's good, except with this person. No, here's the deal, okay? That person is bringing out something that's already in you. It's true, they, you know, there are some people that don't act right, right? And they're more difficult to have a comfortable uh, dialogue with. However, if it wasn't in you, it couldn't be brought out, okay? You are who you are, period, no matter who, you're, who, who you are around. However, with some, it's easier to be nice, and some, it's more difficult. But we want to get to the place where we're grow- we've grown to the place where it doesn't matter who we're around, we can still walk in, in love and have good character and be kind and nice and sweet and all these kind of things, uh, even, with, even if we're with a difficult person. Okay, number three, he said, is divisions. Number three, divisions. Sometimes people talk about cliques. People are in their little groups, and they're divisive. And they're separating friendships. They're separating relationships. And uh, do you bring people together or do you push them apart? Do you find that in many of your relationships there's division? Or relationships don't, just don't last long? And it's not just one person where you could say it's the other, it's them. Because it might have been. But if it happens over and over in many different areas of your life where everything is short term. Short-term relationships here, short-term working relationships, short-term relationship with the local church. Always got to be, there's always a problem that comes up and division results. Again, that's not a sign of maturity. That's a sign of somebody's in the flesh. All right, somebody's walking in immaturity. I remember a particular group, particularly family that I knew and different generations. And it seems like they were always fighting with each other. They would come together for holidays, and, and, uh, but then the next couple years, they wouldn't be together again, not because of schedules. Someone was mad at somebody else, all right? What's wrong? Well, they did such and such. I haven't talked to them for three years now. And then eventually, they'd, things would get smoothed over, or they'd forget about it. And then it was only a matter of time until they're back in that same mode again, and all of a sudden, this sister's not talking to this brother this, you know, I'm not talking to mom. This person's not talking. And constantly like that. We need to recognize that's very ungodly. Okay? And that's not a mark of maturity. But it's a sign of people walking in the flesh where there's constantly going to be divisions and various things in, in, in people's uh, relationships. Okay? Proverbs 6.19. Remember, the, the Lord reveals over there uh, seven things that are an abomination to him. One of them was uh, the one who sows discord among brethren. God's really just not into that. I find it interesting here in looking at 1 Corinthians and looking at the whole context. We didn't read much of chapter 2, none of it today. And chapter 3, though, there are some things that are probably different than what an average person today would use to define a person's spirituality. We might just look, sometimes people look at, well, they look at the outward. They look at how someone's dressed or they look at how often they go to church and they look at, you know, uh, are they toting a Bible? Or, you know, and if it's a big one, they're really spiritual, right? 
Got that, that got, that's a big Bible you got there. Nice. Uh, uh, however, what Paul de- dealt with, one of the things was their ability to recognize and perceive truth to accurately judge things. That's a sign of maturity. The other thing is he got right down to business and dealt with people's relationships in these three things that we're talking about right here. It's not how many tongues could they interpret. You know, it's not how many miracles they necessarily had flowing out of their hands. But it was, let's look at your relationships. Are you divisive? Are you in strife? Are you, you got inner, inner turmoil when someone else is blessed? Are you envious? And that defines where a person's at spiritually. And we must not be deceived into thinking, as long as I'm praying, as long as my, I'm walking with the Lord, then I'm really developed in spiritual things. I'm really, I'm really mature. And thank God for those areas, because those things do help. However, if a person just has that, but every relationship in their life is in turmoil and problems, that reveals more accurately their character and where they're at in their growth level. It's kind of no fun, is it? (laughs) Can't we just see who can memorize the most Bible verses? No, that's easier. Are you listening? Much, much easier just to do a few things like that. This actually has to be who we are. You can memorize a verse. That doesn't mean that's who you are. It's living it. That really makes a difference. Okay? Amen. I might say it this way, what Paul was saying. You know, I'd like to talk to you guys about some stuff, but I'd like to talk to you about some grown-up things. But I can't. You guys, you know, you're too busy fighting and fussing with each other. One says I'm of Paul. One says I'm of Apollos. Would you guys just get over it? Would you, would you start to elevate things that are important and minimize things that aren't? Okay. Here's one of, the, one of the areas that you can see in those who are mature is, uh, or the, the immature, let me say it this way. The immature make a big deal out of everything. They make a big to-do and a big fuss out of stuff that's not important. Whereas the mature will be able to recognize what to give attention to and what to blow off. Okay? Just like a little child, you know, you might have a little toddler and, and uh, the, little, the little child might lose their blankie. And how many know the world is over? They could have, as Amy says, big crocodile tears coming down their face and oh, and the world is over because they lost their blankie or they lost you know their favorite stuffed animal or something and uh, what are they going to do the world, you know there's just oh it's just so much drama and so much but how many know that's also the way some people in grown-up bodies act sometimes in church they're all up in a fuss Oh, their world is wiped out. They don't know what they're going to do. There's got to be something changed here. And it's over something that's really not that important. I don't mean it has no importance. Just, just has that much. You know, they're all upset about their parking spot. Oh, I have a big to-do about the temperature. Oh, it was cold in here. It was hot in here. 
probably right. It's always going to be that way. Someone's going to be cold. Someone's going to be hot. But in the meantime, someone's going to hell. Well, I don't like that illustration you used. Big whoop de doo Let's get our minds on the big picture. Let's grow up concerning some of these areas. There are people with real problems. <laughs> Amen. I mean, how many know? Let's put things into perspective. If, uh, if your car breaks down, that's a problem, right? That can be very inconvenient, could cause some trouble in your life. But how many know if your body breaks down, the car, it means nothing. My car, oh, my engine needs a major overhaul. Oh, that's a big deal. Until if you need a new heart. Or something that's life-threatening. How many? Some of you, you probably can, you know, if you've gone through something recently or are something that's maybe life-threatening, or someone in your family has recently passed away, or how many know things come into perspective, and you realize what's important and really what's not important. I mean, it's important, but you know, it's just not as. And that's where a mature person begins to separate these things. And I can't find blanky, but who cares? <laughs> and something's not just quite perfect or something's not just right over here. Someone looked at me wrong or, okay. But there's a bigger picture here. Amen. Sometimes, with, sometimes within families, within marriages, they got something they're fussing over, husband and wife, and, you know, they need to work, through, work it through and work it out. But the big picture is, you know, we also have kids. And it would do them a lot of harm if we keep fussing about this. Because they're watching. And they're learning. And their security level's going, going right down. Until they see mom and dad getting along and loving each other. I didn't mean to mess with your marriage today, but... Again, we're trying to grow. We're seeking to press on. And these are some of the areas that reveal where we're at. Not again just, I'm in church. Great, you need to be in church. It's a key to growth, okay? Not just I can, can memorize the word or whatever. So some of these other things. Check your relationships. Check your ability just to get over it. There's a lot of things that we just need to have that attitude. I'm just going to get over it. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm going to move on with my life and stop make, making a fuss about every little tiny thing. I, I read on a reader board somewhere about a million years ago. Um, it said something like, the measure of a man or is somehow determined um, by the size of the thing that annoys him. <laughs> And oftentimes, we let little things become a big annoyance in our lives. And again, I think the Lord wants us to see that if we're walking in the Spirit, and if we're being spiritual people, we don't let our lives be ruined by little stuff. We don't spend all night thinking about them and keep, and keep us up at night. Can't get any sleep because of, because of what? You lost your poo bear? <laughs> Or something more on adult level, on an adult level, but really in the same category. Amen. 
Let's have some perspective. Let's let let the Lord help us in this area. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you now for every person here. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts, for the ministry of your spirit in our lives. We know that you're taking us up. You're moving us forward. We know that you have great things in our pathway that lie before us. And as long as we continue on this path, we will run into them. We will come right in the middle of your best and of your will for our lives. However, if we get off and we let some some minor thing disrupt us and keep us off course, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss your best. Help us to maintain the right perspective today and to have a clear sense of right and wrong so that we may accurately and rightly judge all things. Lord, I believe that you're helping us today. You're doing a work in our church corporately and in every life individually to help us be where we're supposed to be and to help us grow from here to there. Lord, thank you for touching every heart. Everybody take just a moment now. I want you to ponder these thoughts. I want you to meditate on these things. I want you to talk to the Lord just quietly about what He might deal with you about. No revelation here. We're not exposing anything about anybody. But in your own heart, how would you respond to what uh, you feel the Lord has spoken to you today is there an area of, of recommitment is there an area area of repentance is there an area of change maybe just a commitment to, to move on and to go forward father i thank you for helping each and every one of us this is an individual issue we're dealing with thank you for helping us to grow helping us to progress increase in our knowledge of you.